what are you drinking today? I'm drinking a peach twisted tea. How good is that? It's delicious and it's a tall one. So it'll last me the whole shindig. Oh, nice. I actually purchased a twisted tea the other day from the gas station and it was the first time I ever had it. What kind or just regular? Regular. That's all they had. So I saw good. it and I was like, oh, I keep talking about wanting to try this. And did then you I think did. of me? Did you think of me? I did. Absolutely. So I know you had a twisted tea um, earlier. What are you drinking now? Now I am drinking Svetka pineapple mango vodka with pineapple orange coconut juice. Oh, that sounds so tropical and delicious. Oh, it reminds Another me beach of being drink. on a beach. Yeah, you know I like the beach drinks. I know you do. I just like the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell them. We have found that being a service member was easy, but being a veteran can be hard. In this episode, we are talking to Nicholas Howard. He served in the Oklahoma Army National Guard from 2003 to 2020 with 11 Bravo and 88 Mike. How are you today, Nick? I'm doing pretty good. Long, fun day, but overall, good day. Good. And what are you drinking today? I am having a homemade hard iced tea. Little uh, Jack Daniels mixed in with some sweet tea. That kind of sounds delicious. I've never heard of anyone making it homemade. That's impressive. It's pretty good. Cheers to homemade Jack Daniels hard iced tea. Cheers. Cheers. Homemade anything. Okay, Nicholas, can you tell us where you're from and a little bit about how your journey got started? Well, I'm originally from McAllister, Oklahoma, but I moved up to Noble I grew up in Southeast Oklahoma, moved up to just South of Oklahoma City about 10 years ago. I joined the Army National Guard back in 2003, between the summer of my junior and senior year. They asked, pretty much I took my ASVAB and said, hey, you've got three choices. You can go fueler, I forgot the other one, and infantry. I was like, hey, what's infantry do? I was a dumb (laughs) 17-year-old. Recruiter goes... The infantry is the guys who they they do all the fighting. I'm like, sign me up. Originally, I was I was a 9/11 kid. I was the kid that was there watching the events of September 11th fold unfold, and just really angered me. And I wanted to make a change. So here we are, <laughs> 17 and a half years later, and I'm still in. So you started active duty. National Guard, Army National Guard. Okay, so you started. And you've always been Army National Guard. Correct. And then did you go active for a little while while you were on National Guard? I did. 2005, we were activated, but on federal orders for Hurricane Katrina. We were sent to New Orleans. We were among the very first to hit New Orleans after Katrina had blown through. We got home, that was October, and they'd fed us orders in January for mobilization to Afghanistan. So we left in March, did our three-month train up, hit ground in June of 2006, and June of 2007, we were home. You were over there for about a year? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a, a year? just right around a year. Yeah. Fun How time, though. I mean, it was a lot. I enjoyed it. What were your duty stations, and did you have a favorite one? 
Well, I started off, of course, for us, it's the armories that we train at. We don't necessarily, I, I guess I don't call them duty stations. I just call them armories. And they've all been around Oklahoma. Southeastern Oklahoma and McAllister is where I started. Transferred to Mustang. Yeah, it was Medill, Oklahoma for another unit in Mustang, Oklahoma. And now I'm in Ada, Oklahoma. So just different armories that we get transferred to different units within the 45th Infantry Brigade that we transfer to whenever we're needed. Or okay, whenever so the opportunity presents itself to promote. I am not completely familiar with the National Guard. So you're with the Oklahoma Army National Guard. Correct. And you get to go to places like I understand the one weekend a month, two weeks a year. I just want to hear your story about like, so you said you've been in three different armories. What has that looked like? And what armory were you with when you deployed to Afghanistan? So the way it worked for the Afghan deployment, first off, the way the National Guard works is normally, and I might be wrong, but this is what I've been told. Normally for a deployment, states will put in a bid to the National Guard Bureau to deploy. For the 45th, the National Guard Bureau tends to come to us and say, hey, they'll ask us if we're ready to deploy. So number, you know, troops get shifted around amongst the different units to, I guess, fill these units up. And so I was originally in McAllister. They transferred me to a little small art, the headquarters company down in Durant to deploy with. And I was only there for, I literally went straight to pre-mobilization with them. So I didn't really get to drill with them. Didn't get to go to a national, you know, standard weekend drill with them before we deployed. So they transferred me to headquarters company, first the 180th Infantry, and we just deployed when we came back. We I think we did one drill in Durant and then we scattered and went back to our home units that we were originally with before deployment. Okay. So I mean the National Guard, there's the way they work the soldiers, it's a little confusing at times, but it's all about getting the numbers up to expected levels where they need to be. You know, where this unit needs this unit has like ninety-eight percent of the soldiers that they need so they've got to go to another unit and get the other soldiers to make up that two percent okay yeah so out of your different different units you were at in different locations which one was your favorite mustang mustang oklahoma which is just west of oklahoma city southwest that one that one was by far my favorite the one before where i'm at now that was just because the leadership that I had was outstanding. I mean, we worked, we meshed really, really well together. You know, they actually, that's whenever I was going through a really, really, really rough time in my life personally. And, you know, I had some buddies of mine, some fellow leadership that said, hey, you need to go see the VA, you need to get help. You've been through a lot, you know, so go get that help. Leadership plays a huge part, whether it's the National Guard, whether it's the Navy, whatever branch you're in, whatever job you have. I mean, leadership is huge. Correct. Yeah, it can make very, all very true. Huge. So let's hear a story. 
Oh God, I've got too many of them. So <laughs> I can, I can either, I can do oh too many of them that I would consider a favorite too. <laughs> Seventeen years is a long time, and you get you get a lot of experiences. Funniest one. So I've got a funny one. So, you know, back in the day, the 03 to the beginning days of the global war on terror, you know, from like 03 to 07, they hazing used to be a thing. You know, let's initiate the soldiers. Well, I was doing my first annual training with my unit. First one after I'd gotten home or gotten out of basic training and we're in Idaho you know, it's all infantry. It's, it's all hard alpha guys. You know, we very good team, but I was just a young private, didn't know my head from my tail. So we get back one day from uh, training. We were doing urban ops training. And of course, first thing we normally do is we just go lay up in our cot. So there I am laying up in my cot and a bunch of the guys, a bunch of my, uh, my fellow soldiers had gathered around my cot and just circled me like they were vultures i look up and i automatically start getting i got up hightailed it out of there i'm like they're wanting to do something ran about a mile before they caught me they dragged me back to my cot they duct taped me to said cot (laughs) we had a little fence that went around our um our tents they took me while i was in said cot and hung the cot from that fence and i was right side up thankfully but initiation (laughs) <laughs> it, I still, to this day, I was only 19 years old, and I still laugh about it. How long did they um, leave you hanging from the fence? Oh, God. It was long enough for everybody to come in and take pictures, and I'm talking like <laughs> the entire company came in and took pictures. So, <laughs> That's a, Cheers to duct tape. Cheers to duct tape. <laughs> you know what? I'll drink to that. I feel like a lot of camaraderie was was lost in the service when they like got so strict about hazing and initiations. And I mean, I know some of them did go really far left and got out of control, but like it, basic things you can't do anymore. Yeah. Basic things you can't do, but I mean, we weren't really that crazy into the hazing part. Right. You know, we weren't out to hurt people. I mean, it was more of a fun time. You know, the only time that someone would seriously and I wouldn't even consider it injured, but if they messed up, yeah, it hurt. I remember I was still a dumb 19-year-old sitting in New Orleans, Old Orleans Parish, and we'd been there for about a week. And they told us, hey, you need to count your count your rounds. So we start counting them, and I'm like, oh, crap, I'm one round shy of where I need to be. This would have taken it to hazing, but... A valuable lesson. So I report that I was one round shy. I got smoked for three hours straight. And this was early September 2005, right after Katrina had rolled through. Very hot, very humid. I'm sitting out there getting my tail and smoked for three hours. You know, they've they've since done away with that. With the, I'm going to take you out to the wood line and I'm going to correct you for making this mistake. And that's another thing, you know, the hazing, the initiations, and then the the corrective training being as harsh as it used to be, it's not nearly where it used to be. And I'm not going to say I agree or disagree, but I just get a smoke like for three that, hours taught a lesson. 
that some of the stuff though that you can't do now takes a part of the tradition of the military. I mean, because the military is a family in itself, you have that talk shit attitude to your family. And Mm -hmm. without that, you're losing a part of what makes a family so tight and so close when you take that away. Absolutely. I mean, it's a part of that camaraderie. So you've been doing this for 17 years. Do you see a difference in the people that you served with that have been in around the same time as you and the, like the new group that's oh, yeah. now? Oh, yeah. I mean, that it's evident a lot more, especially in the new, new privates, the new generation come about. I can't say they're weaker. They're more smart, more intelligent coming in. They're a lot more informed nowadays than what we were. What I mean is they know a lot more of the regulations of what we as leaders can get away with and what we can't. Of course, IG complaints, you name it. They know that, and I'm not going to mouth a private nowadays compared to one back then, but they know the new generation, they know what we, what we as leaders can do and what we can't. And I'm trying to take that to their full advantage. That's where those I need a timeout card comes into play. (laughs) Yeah, we don't we we don't utilize those, thank good God. You look at them like what do you mean a timeout? (laughs) I think nowadays too, honestly, the um and this is not I think this is just a change that has been made, but I really they're leaving it up to the units more whenever these soldiers come out of basic to really instill that discipline even though the discipline is still instilled there you know it's still it's still there it's just now a lot of the stuff from basic training that say i would have had instilled me that my unit wouldn't have had to take care of isn't there like it is now right so i mean they rely big armies relying on the units the individual units to take care of these privates on different levels so there's not as much uniformity as there used to be because they're no. leaving it up to the units to decide what to do and how to do it and how to train as opposed to yeah. making it more conformed across the board. Correct. That's a little bit scary. <sighs> it can be, but at the same time too, when these privates come in and they've really integrated, fully integrated into our units, they know what the leadership's expecting at that point. So they're not coming in as timid. Because I remember coming into my unit back, you know, after I got back from basic training, I was, I felt like I was walking on thin ice yeah, it's constantly. <laughs> and nowadays they don't feel like they're walking as on thin ice, ice as much, but two, they're more prepared in a way because they come in and they're, they have a good amount of knowledge about their jobs, about their MOS. So, and uh, of course, a lot of that's changed as well. I know the 11 Bravo for 17 years ago wouldn't have gone through some of the technology that we have now. You know, they they wouldn't have been trained on, say, bigger weapons such as the the M2, the Modus, or the Mark 19. You know, I didn't learn that until I got into my unit. So, they're coming in a little bit more prepared than what we did. But... At the same time, it's it's just it's different, I guess. So if you were gonna 
if you were going to talk to someone who was in the National Guard that wanted to come to you for advice as far as what it was going to be like, because you have had not just the National Guard, but I mean, I mean, you were deployed to Afghanistan for a year. So what type of advice would you have for someone who's looking at the military or someone who's in the National Guard right now in order to, because I mean, so you've been in for 17 years. Are you staying in for three more? Are you staying in for 10 more? What are, Uh, what are your plans? And then what would you have to say to someone who's looking at the national guard or who's looking from maybe being active duty that wants to transition into the national guard? Well, first off my plans, I'm currently in, I guess, in a process of going through medical retirement. I've got two and a half years left. And I know that once we get past 20, it's a year by year thing on whether we can mentally and physically stay in the state medical board decides that. So that's not even even a military thing though, then that's a a state. It's, 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 uh, well, it's our state, I guess it'd be our state military medical board. Okay. They decide if we're fit enough to stay in the army or if, and it's not just even that, but if like if we've grown stagnant, like if we're not passing our physical fitness test or if we're not going to schools, you know, it's everything combined. Once you hit that 20, they start deciding on it. And, you know, the older soldiers, we were under pressure a little bit more to keep up with the younger right. guys. So currently I've got an MRI on December 23rd for my lower back. Um lumbar issues or what I'm thinking, what the doctor was thinking as well. So if I were to tell anybody coming in, I'd say, first off, prepare your body, you know, not just getting in shape, but really making sure that you're taking care of yourself, you know, good diet, staying somewhat healthy mentally, get ready for it. I mean, because the majority of it still, even though they've done away with the shark attacks, I've seen previews of the videos of what they're coming out with now. What is that? I need an explanation on that one. It's a pretty big test. So the platoons will go in together, each platoon, and they have different tasks that they have to fill, like evacuating a casualty or, you know, it's just different warrior tasks that they have to go through, but they're going all around this track from what I've seen and there it's constant go, go, go for like three or four hours. So from what I've seen, it looks pretty physically demanding and it's pretty mentally demanding. If they do not make their tasks on time, they go through corrective training. Their drill sergeants will put them through corrective training. So do I approve of this new version of it? From what I've seen, I wish they would have had that back when we were privates, you know, coming in day zero and you're automatically put under pressure to perform yeah (laughs) i um i'm pretty motivated to see that especially on the infantry side so you know what i'd tell a new recruit someone interested is hey take care of yourself prepare for it mentally because i'm tell you what it's going to be a challenge you know i've got buddies who went marine corps i've got buddies who've gone army national guard regular army and either way it looks it's it's a challenge mentally Right. So, you know, get used to having things rough. You know, albeit certain things are 
easier now than what they were. Cell phone issue. But I still don't. I disagree with that so much. So I, much. Cell phone? Yes. Are they able to have them in boot camp? Yeah. Really? Yeah. As long as it does not interfere with training. My brother had one in boot camp. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But still, right now, like outside yeah. of that, they still have to be prepared to be yelled at. They still have to be prepared to take the pressure because they're going to be put through some training scenarios, through some situations that they're going to be tested. From everything that I've heard, these guys are getting they're getting tested still mentally mm-hmm. on high pressure situations, and Good. if they can't handle it, then guess what? You know they're going to have to learn how to handle it, or they're going to get out. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's just prepare yourself before you go and then continue. If you have something happen to you physically while you're on active duty or while you're, you know, while you're at your duty station, report it right then, right there. Get a line of duty, get the, get the forms taken care of. So that way you're not screwing yourself over later on down the line. So do you, for, for you, Knowing that you have two and a half years left, what steps are you taking to prepare yourself for when you are truly a civilian? You won't, you'll, you'll be a veteran, truly a civilian. You won't be National Guard. You won't have your weekends. You won't have what you've been doing for the past 17 years. What are you doing? Well, I'm honestly pushing the VA to get my disability cleared. Get it going. That's I really feel like that that's something. Are you? How does? How is that making you feel that you're that you're leaving something relatively soon? I honestly, and I've told I've talked to a lot of my friends about this. I've been in my entire adult life. I don't even know what a full grown full beard is. So <laughs> you're ready to grow me, that beard, then. <laughs> it's for me. It's I'm more I think nervous about it, but it's like I'm still trying to find that the inner piece about it saying that, you know, at the end of the day, I want, whenever I leave and I turn in that 20 year letter and I'm driving away, I want to be able to say, Hey, I left the guard a better place than what I found it. Currently I'm getting ready to become a master gunner for our unit. So I'm working the marksmanship program for our unit, for my unit right now. So this is my chance to really, I guess, do something big before I retire. And honestly, I haven't, and outside of this ability, I haven't really been as focused on the retirement aspect, but I have been because I still have to, as far as the paperwork goes within the unit, all that stuff. Yeah, I've only got a total of, I think, 48 days. You know, if you look at drills and that's without the annual trainings, 48 days yeah, it comes to fast. prepare for this. So... You know, it, I'm more nervous about it. I think this is going to be a new chapter, and it's going to be something that I'm going to have to get used to. I think because I yeah. honestly I don't know how to be just a normal civilian. That's I hard. mean, I've been in my entire adult life, so it's something that it's the National Guard's always been that one guarantee for me that I can turn to and say, "Hey, I still got my battle buddies, and I'll always have my battle buddies." I'll always, I'm right. connecting on Facebook with just about every last person in my unit, every last soldier from my unit. So, um, you know, I'm still going to have that connection with them even after. I mean, well, those, and those social media has that. 
allows for for us to be able to have that connection with whoever we need that connection with. Correct. Yeah, it's a great tool to stay in touch with the people that you used to serve with that maybe you won't see on a regular basis anymore. Yeah. And the thing I love about the National Guard, too, (laughs) is I get to see these guys, you know, if I want to go hang out with them at their house, you know, throughout the month after they get off work, then heck yeah. I mean, well, because it's a state guard, right? So, like, all the people you serve with are all from Oklahoma. Yeah. Now, not all of them are from. Uh, we've got people from Arkansas. Texas, from Arkansas. Right. But they're all like within a region. Like, so it's not like like you're serving with someone yeah. that might be from New England and you're from Southern California and you serve together forever and then you both get out and separate and then now you're on complete opposite ends of the country. Now, I know. When we deployed to Afghanistan, I actually, we were put under the Oregon National Guard because it was a little, it was our small company and Oregon was the one that had the deployment going. So we actually deployed with the Oregon National Guard. Oh, that's cool that you can team up like that. Yeah. And it, it was nice. I mean, it was cool because I got to meet these people from different, from a totally different state, pretty far away from us. So... I mean, it, I enjoyed it. And of course, I've also been to schools, which we go to the same schools as the regular army does, you know, for leadership schools, for advanced leadership school, for or advanced leaders course, basic leaders course. Um, we still go to the same schools. So I get to meet people from different units all across the U.S. Yeah, that's super cool that you have that availability. Yeah. In fact, I'm getting ready to go to... Uh, master gunnery school this next year here in 2021 so i'm gonna get to meet all those guys who are master gunners whose units thought hey you know your you know your guns your weapons you know your stuff so that's gonna be something that i'm really looking forward to that's cool that's a neat way to kind of carry the end of your career yeah yeah so i get to go out kind of with a bang a little bit (laughs) <laughs> which is what you were looking for. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Cheers to going out with a bang. You know what? I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that too. Hell yeah. So Nick, if, if our listeners wanted to contact you and wanted to get a hold of you for advice, cause they're going in advice, cause they're fixing to get out or just somebody to talk to, how can they get a hold of you? Well, I have my Facebook, my personal Facebook, It'll be uh, Nicholas.Howard4040. That's me on Facebook. On TikTok, it's the crazy one, Howard. I need to look at my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even, I, I hardly ever check my Instagram, but I do have an Instagram. I think it's the Nick40, the N I C K 40, that they can look me up as well, which I, uh, I don't really get. Yeah, the Nick40. So I don't really get on my Instagram as much. I'm more, they can message me on Facebook or on TikTok, more that way. Very cool. We'll be sure to put those in the show notes as well. So anyone that wants to contact Nick, you can check out our show notes and get him that way. He is a great resource. He's got a lot of knowledge. He's got a lot of years in. So if you're interested in the National Guard or how any parts of the National Guard work, reach out to him and he'll give you, he'll give you a holler back and help you out with your questions. So Amber, do you want to discuss the charity that we've chosen to support this episode? Sure. So similar to 
every previous episode. <laughs> and that's becoming my new thing. But we we um, are supporting the mission of Tilvahala Project. And you can Google them to get to their website. Their, their mission of bringing about mental health awareness and 22 veterans killing themselves every day is extremely important to us and why we will continue to, to support them and what, what they're trying to bring about as far as their organization is concerned. If you'd like to contact Amber or myself, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. Or you can email us directly at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com. Please reach out if you'd like to tell your story and be a guest on our podcast. You can send us a direct message to any of the social media platforms that Amanda mentioned. I cannot talk to not. Or email (laughs) us at our Gmail address. Amanda runs that shit, not me. Just, just just throwing that out there. We actually, we had someone trying to contact Amber that she semi-ghosted and they tried to go through the... It wasn't a semi-ghost. I told him to stop talking to me and then he started to... Fully, fully ghosted. And so... Oh it was a ghost. I said, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he just couldn't get it. So then he, he tried looking for it through our podcast. So I had to let him know that uh, she... Did not manage any of our platforms. I hope you're editing this. I will. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on most of the platforms. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. Good, bad, ugly, and different. We love. We want the constructive criticism. Correct. Be nice. Constructive criticism. We want to hear what you think about our show. Or be an asshole because we're military and we can handle it. True story. But just be prepared to get it back. (laughs) That's right. You can also join us every Sunday for the Veterans After Hours via Zoom. We start at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. If you'd like to get in on that After Hours, you can check our Facebook page for the registration link or... You can send us a direct message and we'll put you on the email list for that. It's also on TikTok. Also on TikTok. Yes. Yeah. It's a fun time. It is a fun time. We have so much fun. We do. Nick, I hope that Hell you come yeah. join us. Yeah, Nick, it's join us this fun. Sunday. We will gladly. It's a fun time. It's fun. I look forward to it. let you in to tell your stories. Yeah. I look fun. forward to it. But as always. As we conclude this episode, um, we do want to remind everyone that, as always, um, as we conclude this episode, we do want to remind everyone and bring about the awareness that veterans don't have it always so easy. And 22 veterans killing themselves every day is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers.